Welcome to the PCOS Diva podcast. My name is Amy Medling. I'm a certified health coach and founder of PCOS Diva. My mission is to help women with PCOS find the tools and knowledge they need to take control of their PCOS so they can regain their fertility, femininity, health, and happiness. Today's PCOS Diva podcast is sponsored by the seven-day Discover Your PCOS Diva Jumpstart program. Jumpstart is the place to begin when you're ready to commit to yourself and jump into your healing journey. Learn step-by-step how diet, lifestyle, and mindset changes can get you on the right path. You'll be thrilled to feel your energy return, brain fog lift, acne begin to clear, and so much more. Visit PCOSDiva.com slash jumpstart for more information and to get started today. If you haven't already, make sure you check out PCOSDiva.com. There I offer tons of great free information about PCOS and how to develop your PCOS diet and lifestyle plan so you can begin to thrive like a PCOS diva. Look for me on iTunes, Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram as well. Welcome to the PCOS Diva podcast. This is a really big episode for me. This is my 100th PCOS Diva podcast. It was a very big year last year. We launched a new website, of course, the Healing PCOS book, um, the new Evergreen Jumpstart program, new supplements, and now the 100th podcast. And I'm just so grateful to everybody listening and to all of the experts that have come on and shared their vast knowledge on different aspects of PCOS. Um, I, you know, I was trying to think about what I could do to make things, shake things up a little bit for the 100th episode. And I thought I would just sort of turn the tables. I've interviewed, um, you know, all of these experts for the podcast, but this time I thought it'd be kind of fun to have somebody interview me. And I was thinking, who could do that? And I don't think there's anyone better than my husband, Cliff, who has really been along with me every step of the way. You know, I often... Um, think of him as my PCOS Devo. <laughs> and you know, he has changed his lifestyle right along with me um, and reaped the benefits, but really supported me throughout this uh, PCOS Diva journey. And you um, might be familiar with Cliff and his um, great article that we posted several years ago. It's called The Five Things to Know If Your Partner Has PCOS. It's a husband's perspective. And I'll put that link in the show notes for, for you to um, read because it's it's really a great article for, for you and your partner. But Without further ado, I would like to introduce my husband, Cliff Medling, to the PCOS Diva podcast. Hello. I'm just asking the questions here. That's all. It's, it's, it's all about Amy. Uh, congratulations. Uh, happy to be here with you today So and support you. Yeah, I mean, this, this really is kind of a big moment when I was thinking about, um, and I guess I never even thought of this as being a podcast series. I mean, I just really wanted to um, let women with PCOS have access to people who are out there really working on, out on their behalf. And, you know, I started with some of the big PCOS researchers out there, like Dr. Um, Richard Legro from 
um, Hugh Penn and Dr. Andrea Deneif, but, you know, it, it's really been a labor of love. You know, I love doing this. I learn as much as, you know, all of you interviewing these experts. And, um, you know, I'm just so grateful that, you know, I, it's resonated and, um, and now we're at 100 episodes. So today I just thought that, um, you know, Cliff could sort of just talk to me about, you know, being a woman that thrives with PCOS and, you know, what, what does that mean? What does it mean to kind of bring your family along on the journey with you? Uh, we have three kids, you know, now that when we started um, PCOS Diva, I just actually posted a, a picture on Facebook for that aging challenge, like, and realized it was right after my daughter was born. That was back in 2009. So this is our 10th year anniversary of PCOS Diva in, in August. It was when, and, and maybe that's kind of a funny story to talk about how we get the blog started, but. Um, that's actually one of my questions. Oh, okay. <laughs> maybe we'll start there. Um, and by the way, these are not uh, just my questions. I pulled a lot of women that we know with PCOS and what the answers, the questions they have. So these are not coming from me. So, but yeah, my, my actually question number two was how did PCOS Diva get started? So. Well, so when our boys were, were li- they were little, they were like, um, you know, a baby, uh, Rhett was, you know, pretty much just born and Clay was like three, three and a half. And I, you know, had to get back on to hormonal birth control and, um, you know, I had taken metformin to get pregnant with Rhett and just felt horrible and knew that I could never go back on that. And, and I would just wasn't able to get my body back on the birth control. And, you know, a, a mom of two, you know, tiny little guys, and I was tired all the time. And not just that new baby tired. I mean, I could not get off the couch. And I know there were days that you'd come home from work and the kids, you know, there were babies crying and, you know, your wife was pretty much helpless, just so fatigued and I knew that this isn't the life that I wanted for myself this wasn't the life that I wanted for my family I wanted to uh, really try to take back control but I didn't know what to do especially because I couldn't tolerate the uh, the drugs that the doctors were giving me so I realized that I had to take things into my own hands and um, actually found a really great naturopath doctor that helped me realize what my diet was doing. And back in those days, we were, uh, you know, on, on a real strict budget. And I was eating, you know, cooking a lot of pasta, and we were eating lots of, you know, potatoes and rice and carbs. And that was just not, I didn't realize that that was making my PCOS symptoms worse. So we really changed the, my diet and our, our family's diet. And I started taking some supplements and I started feeling better. And I, in, in the, the midst of all of this, um, you know, I really started realizing that I needed to make sure my needs were met. And, you know, I started de-stressing and taking more um, baths and time away to recharge my batteries. Um, and I don't know if you want to tell talk about that moment well, that you sort of called me the uh, a diva called me out at a restaurant saying that I was a diva like how did you feel during during this this time and when you know I was really 
trying to advocate to put myself first. Well, you know, obviously I knew you before we had children and you were extremely energetic, motivated person. And and this wasn't you. So I know something wasn't, wasn't right. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was just on board to support you. You were the one doing the research and figuring everything out. So I was, I was just trying to support you. I had no idea. I have no medical, I'm not uh, a doctor or uh, wise about a medical condition. So I was just trying to support you at that time. Um, but yeah, but then you started taking care of yourself. You started feeling a lot better. And uh, I think you like to, uh, I have a different side of that story <laughs> about uh, the restaurant. But um, every time we went out to eat, uh, you were acting like a diva. You you were so particular about everything you ate. Um, and uh, I thought that was, you know, whereas I would just order, you know, I'll take number four, please. Uh, and you wanted specific things and you know, what kind of butter is it? Is there sugar in the butter? Is there this sort of thing? So I started calling you a, a diva as a joke, right? Just, just joking around. Um, and, uh, so when we decided to start the blog or used to, you know, actually I said, I could say we started the blog cause you weren't as interested in first. Yeah. And, and I, I do want to say that, um, I think this was a real key, turning point for healing my body and bringing it back into balance is that I was, uh, before I had children, you know, I had a, a, a great job. I, um, something that I really loved doing. I, I got to travel a lot and meet different people and it was a fun, exciting job. And, um, I decided to become a stay at home mom, which was one of the, the greatest gifts that I think, feel like I was able to give my my family and my kids but I was missing something and um you know as I was learning about PCOS and learning what was helping my body heal I started writing um a little column for the it's now defunct but it was the PCOS association for their newsletter and I really um got a lot out of that you know I loved the research I was able to talk to um doctors about uh, you know, interview them. I did book reviews and, you know, my husband one day, or go ahead, Cliff. Well, I just, honestly, I, I, you're such a great writer and you were always, uh, let's be honest, a busybody. So I thought it would be a nice outlet for you. Um, and you were also working with your OBGYN. She was sending you names of patients, uh, who she was diagnosing with PCOS and you were kind of talking them through it and, and, tell them what you had learned. So it was more of a personal one-on-one at that time. And, you know, blogging wasn't huge then, but it was really starting to build up. And uh, uh, being, in, being in marketing myself more in the technology sector, um, I, I blogged a bit and I just thought it would be a good outlet for you. And you weren't really crazy about the idea at first, but once you wrote a couple articles and you got some feedback and, and some positive feedback from uh, people on the internet, it, um, it, it took off. And, um, so yeah, we we I, I helped you design that first <laughs> website, which looks hideous now. But uh, yeah, it was it well, was a start. No, it, and and that's and we called it PCOS Diva because you know uh, to get back to the original question, um, it's because I was really acting like a diva, and and I think uh, you you think of diva being sort of this negative thing, but in my mind, it, it really. Um, you know, I really, really reframed it as something positive. It was some, uh, I had to advocate for myself in order for me to heal. And part of that advocating was making sure that there were things in my life that brought me joy and pleasure, like writing, 
um, which I had, it was a side of myself that I had kind of repressed, you know, as, as, a, as a mom, you don't do a ton of writing <laughs> during the day. Um, and I needed to get back to what I feel like was, um, you know, my, my gifts and my strengths and, and my purpose here. And that brought me a lot of joy. And in that process, I think brought a lot of healing um, uh, to my body as well. So thank you, Cliff, for encouraging me back in August of 2009 to start, um, you know, our the little WordPress blog uh, that has, you know, now 10 years later. Uh, I think, gosh, I can't even imagine how many articles that we've written. I, it's got to be close to 500, I would think. But well, it, it's it's been a great ride, and seeing you go from uh, who you were to to having a hard time coping with day to day. And uh, seeing you along this journey, watching you along this journey has been awesome for me to see, you know, to see, to see you grow, to see you become so healthy. You, you're back to your energetic self, more energy than you ever had before. And you're taking care of us uh, as a family, myself. Um, you know, I, I, I definitely would have probably been eating fried foods on a daily basis without <laughs> if I was on my own. So, so uh, uh, it's, it's been a joy to watch you and, and be a part of that. So. Oh, well, th- thanks for supporting me. And I, and I really bring up that, that story of kind of finding my bliss and again, and, um, you know, combining two things that I've always really loved. Like I loved writing and I loved nutrition and then cooking too. I mean, three things. I remember after, um, graduating college, really trying to convince my, my parents to let me go to cooking school because I decided I wanted to be a chef. And they're like, no, we just paid for, (laughs) we just finished paying college. We're not doing that. But, you know, I think you have to listen to those little um, callings, the things that sort of tug at your heart or that, that you enjoy doing um, and do them. And, uh, you know, I think women with PCOS, I've said this a lot that we're highly creative and those that are suffering are repressing that that creativity. So go create and do what what you feel like you're being pulled um, and called to do. Because we all have a, a greater purpose, and um, you know we're we're here to to you know help one another. And I truly believe that that the underlying mission of of PCOS Diva isn't just to help women thrive with PCOS or, you know, I I talk about reclaiming your fertility, femininity, health, and happiness. I really believe it's to help women move beyond the pain and struggle of PCOS so they can live the life that they were meant to live and do the work that they were meant to do in this world without PCOS holding them back. Because if all the women that are suffering with PCOS can can truly um, become alive and vibrant and thrive and use their creative gifts in this world. Wow, you know, we we really have the the power to to change to change the world. I believe. Excellent. So I think we covered that topic. So um, so first, congratulations. I should have said this earlier. It, it has been a big year, as you mentioned. You know, the book, the new website, new courses. You're, you're constantly moving and pushing forward. 100th episode. You've been doing the podcast for six years. You have thousands of people listen every week. It's it's amazing, the numbers. So uh, it's obviously resonating. So what keeps you motivated to, to, to keep producing new things and more podcasts? And, and uh, how, 
how you stay motivated during all this? Well, I, I, you know, I think it goes back to what we were just talking about is that, you know, when you're doing the work that you were meant to do in this world, and I really believe, I mean, it's, it's crazy how, um, you know, through, through suffering, <laughs> you know, really, and you know, I was really suffering with PCOS, but out of that came something um, like so um, redemptive and, and something so good out of that, which is this which is PCOS Diva and my mission. And, and honestly, it's just like an internal motivation. Like I love what I do and I love getting up and looking at the new research every morning and, and talking to, to, um, you know, new, uh, voices out there and, and whether it's a, a doctor or, or a coach or a patient with PCOS and, and um, kind of moving the conversation forward. That just, that's what um, makes me feel alive and, and gets, um, gets me going. So it's just, I guess it's just sort of an internal motivation. That's great. I mean, I, I, I see it firsthand. I, people don't, probably don't see how often you, you go to events. You're constantly learning new information. You're, you're constantly reading books about health and wellness and uh, so I, I see that. I see this all the time. So. I know. Whenever he sees FedEx show up on yeah. the, the doorstep with a new book or product, <laughs> he's like, here we go. It's constantly. She's a fast reader, though. So what's been the most exciting part of this process in the business or, and in your, in your wellness or healing? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Maybe the I book? don't have these questions, so you're, like, really hitting, with, hitting me with them. Um, the most rewarding thing... You know, I, I live in a, a, a small town here in New Hampshire. Um, it's right over the Massachusetts border. It's uh, you know I've grown up in New England, uh, and to to be able through you know a technology now to, through the podcast, through the website, to reach women from all corners of the world that email me and tell me that that PCOS Diva is helping them. Like there's there's something just so uh, just rewarding about that. Uh, and you know, it just makes me so happy that, that, you know, little old me here in Nashua, New Hampshire can have such an impact with women and, you know, all ends of the, the world. I think it's important that the, when you first decided to really devote your time to this, I said, well, let's, let's do a webinar. So your first mm-hmm. webinar, we set forth, I think it was on sugar cravings and you had 750 people sign up and we were like, wow, there's a lot of people who are looking for this information. So that was kind of a kickoff if we could say that. Yeah. So, so, um, next question, what are you most excited about for the, for the future of PCOS for, for the business, for, for research in PCOS? What, what's, what's the future? Well, I mean, I'm just so excited that women are are talking about it, and that you were getting more coverage on um, mainstream media. There's celebrities feeling comfortable enough to come out and say that, you know, they have, <coughs> excuse me, PCOS. Um, I know that you know in years past, um, PCOS. Have we've in the community. I know I had this conversation with Sasha Audi of PCOS Challenge that PCOS wasn't sexy enough to talk about, you know, on the Today Show or um, in mainstream media. And I think that that is changing in the last, really, the last couple years. 
Um, so that's really exciting to me. So we can uh, broaden the conversation, you know, which means that more women, more awareness and more women will get diagnosed. I know many of you have heard me state that 50% of women are undiagnosed. Um, you know, I think we're just scratching the surface on, um, you know, the, the, the different sort of phenotypes of PCOS and, um, I, I think we're going to learn a lot more about that with, um, you know, genetics and, um, precision medicine. Um, uh, you know, we're all, because PCOS is a syndrome, it sort of presents itself yeah. in, in a unique way for every woman, but I think is precision medicine becomes more mainstream you know we're going to be able to treat the individual and I think that's it better I think that's really exciting um and you know I think that PCOS is now um being introduced into the you know national conversation PCOS challenge has had a huge role to play um, with that, with PCOS Advocacy Day in 2017 was the first ever PCOS Advocacy Day on Capitol Hill, which I attended and will be going again in 2018. And I'll tell you, that was so exciting to be able to go and talk to our legislators and really start this long slog forward um, to try to get more funding at the National Institutes of Health for more research for PCOS and um, to make PCOS a, a national health priority. I think all of those efforts are, are kind of the future and is going to help us move forward in a positive way. Excellent. So uh, my next question is, is what would you say to a woman who is diagnosed? And I just have to uh, say this also. About every month or two, we're, we go out somewhere, like we were out for dinner over the holidays for your birthday, I believe, to a nice restaurant. And um, one of the the waitresses, the wait staff came up and talked to you and recognized you. And it, it happens every now and then. And it's kind of fun because we, myself and the kids know, oh, you know, she's going to want to talk and help this person out. And so we'll, we'll find something else to do. But, but, but I know that's exciting for you, you know, in your, in your world, uh, you're, you're very well known. So people are excited to see you, which, which is great. This question goes along with that. What do you say to a woman who's first diagnosed? You know, what, what's the advice you give them? Well, I think it's important to listen. You know, I think women want to be listened to. So many times they're they're feeling um, dismissed by their doctor. So, you know, I, I think the first thing that's so important is just to listen, to listen to their story. Everybody needs to to tell their story. And if you if you're listening and you haven't done that, you know, I encourage you to you know send me an email. I, I'll listen. I'll always listen. I always I always read my emails. Um, and share your story. There's something really cathartic about that. Um, but also, I think it's important for women to know that there's just a tremendous amount of hope um, that you don't have to be in this place of suffering. There's there's so many different ways to to feel better um, at, through lifestyle change. You know, I talk about so much of this on the podcast and, and the blogs, and it's real really possible to feel better with PCOS. Um, and to, uh, you know, get to that, that core of what I want to do is move beyond the pain and struggle um, so you can live the life you were meant to live. And, and certainly that, that if, she, if a woman's been told that she'll never get pregnant because of PCOS, that's the first story that, you know, that I want to change, that most women with PCOS can get pregnant. And there's, there's so many things that, 
that interventions um, that we can do to to help women um, increase their fertility. I know you love those stories when women say that the doctors have done this and this and this, and you get an email and say, I've been following your plan for two months, three months, six months, and and uh, I'm pregnant. And they send you pictures of the baby, and okay, and you and you yeah. shed a tear every time still. So that's great. I, I, I love sh- hearing those as well. It's, it's a lot more positive feedback than, than I get at my job. So <laughs> I don't get anything like that. So what is the hardest part of living like a PCOS diva uh, at the start and now? I could probably answer that one for you, but, but what is your... No, no, tell me. No, 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 no. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I couldn't do it as eloquently as you can, so... Well, I mean, I think it's, it's thinking up about all of the things that you'll have to give up. I, I, I remember that being very hard for me when I was told, you know, I can't, I can't have carbs, which is really not true. But, you know, I was sort of told I can't have carbs, you can't have gluten, you can't have um, dairy. And I thought, oh my gosh, what am I going to do about ice cream? You know, what, can I ever have a piece of pizza again? Um, And I think it's that like grieving that loss um, is probably was the hardest thing for me. But then I realized that it, it honestly doesn't have to be that way. It's it's not about, it, and I say this, diet deprivation and denial. Um, you know, it's about reframing it. So you're really adding lots of delicious, healthy food into your diet, nutrient-rich food that makes you feel better. So when you, when you start eating better, you kind of forget about all the stuff that you're missing because you realize that that was the kind of food that made you feel so crappy. Um, but I think for me, when I was first starting out, that was the hardest thing, thinking about all the things that I would have to give up. And, and I can tell you that you can still, you know, have your ice cream. Maybe it's with coconut milk or almond or cashew milk or, um, with some, you know, more sort of unrefined sweetener. We, I know we've, we've, gosh, we've bought a lot of different kitchen utensils over the years. I have a, we have a Cuisinart ice cream maker. This is true. Um, I know I just ordered, I don't know if you'll, <laughs> you'll be seeing that FedEx package come in, but it's, uh, um, I'm excited about it. It's a Staub. I think that's the, the name brand. Um, vertical chicken roaster and it's made out of enameled cast iron and you just put your chicken on um you kind of skewer it and then you could put all your vegetables underneath and my um couple of people have told me it's like the way to do chicken and it's really easy to clean up but you know finding these like fun interesting like kitchen gadgets the instapot of course um you know lots of different tools to make this lifestyle easier good the next two questions somewhat go together so what is your ideal day and what is your typical day? So let's start with what is your ideal day? Well, I mean, I think anyone who's read Healing PCOS or has participated in a Jumpstart program um, kind of knows what my ideal day is. Cause that's Starts what, with sleeping in. No, no just kidding. <laughs> that's, that's what I've laid out. Um, and you know what? And, and speaking of sleeping in, you know, I talk about getting up early. You know, for me, it's like before the kids get out. Um, when they were little, you know, they get up that I have time. But now my high schooler, you know, he's got to be out of bed at 545. Well, it's hard to get up at 5 a.m. to have time. But I'm, I'm still able to, to kind of get be up with him, not earlier, but still find some time for me. So it's it's about taking the ideal day and just making the best choices you can 
um, in the moment and realizing that it, it doesn't have to be perfect um, every time. But I guess my ideal day would be, uh, you know, probably getting up so that and having my warm water and lemon. That's how I start every day. Um, and having some time to read something inspirational. Um, right now, I'm reading A Hundred Days to Brave by Annie Downs. And um, you can be a, I think it's uh, it's over there. It's You can be a daily badass or something like that. It's like the daily reflections from Jen Sincero um, of you can be a badass. And and then I have, um, you know, I love Ann Voskamp, a gift um now I can't think of the, the name of her book, but her books are really inspirational to me. So finding something inspirational, positive to start my day and not start my day by looking at email. And, and, and I just want to add that she, uh, I know she always sends these inspirational quotes, but she doesn't just send them on her Instagram and Facebook page. She sends them to, uh, to us and messages to her kids of positive reinforcement. It's constant around here. So we, uh, we call it, uh, we say that we've just been health coached. So that's around here. So we, we're constantly being health coached. It's not, it's not just all of you. So she's always sending these positive messages, which uh, sometimes we roll our eyes, but sometimes they're the exact message we need to hear at that moment. So, yeah. so what is your typical day? Um, no, so let me just finish the, oh, ideal, sorry. the ideal day. So, you know, you have that time. Um, you know, I've been really experimenting with, some, with intermittent fasting. Uh, and so kind of increasing the window of when I stop eating um, at dinner time till the next morning. Uh, so it, you know, depends. I might go take a shower and do my dry brushing or a sugar scrub or something good for me. And then I um, will have breakfast, which right now it's, you know, it's pretty cold in New Hampshire. So I tend to do more warm breakfast rather than the, the smoothies. So some type of uh, like warm porridge. I, I really love Trader Joe's has like a nice seeded oatmeal with like lots of different nuts and seeds in it. Or you can make your own as, as it, um, I have the recipe for in my book. And, uh, and then I get the kids off to school and then I, you know, spend some time doing my work, which brings a lot of joy to me. Um, then I usually go to pure bar, which is my like favorite type of exercise at noon and have lunch when I get home. Uh, I usually have a snack of some nuts, uh, and it's like a, a small piece of fruit before I go to pure bar and I'll do a little bit more work and then it's basically kids get home from school and I start the meal the the dinner prep and you know we we pretty much eat in most weekend weekdays uh I usually make you take me out one night <laughs> on the weekend just for a break um and so we have dinner and homework and kids activities and then I, I really try to get off screens uh, my computer, TV, phone um, by eight o'clock. And I just, I really enjoy just reading in bed. You know, I might do some stretches before bed and then reading. So that's kind of like my ideal day, but it doesn't always go that way. I don't always get to pure bar. I don't always, you know, get three, three great meals. Sometimes it's like eating on the go. There's always, there's always healthy snacks in her car, always yeah, nuts yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Go macro bars. They're kind of like, yeah. I, I have those in my purse. Um, but I, I think it's just important to just, it's not always going to be perfect and things are going to go 
um, awry, but just to plan for that. And, you know, we, we usually have some quick and easy meals ready in, um, you know, soups in the freezer or, um, you know, something to put, throw together a quick stir fry. So if we, if we can't, um, you know, cook a, a night, a, a really elaborate meal or whatever, there's something quick and the kids know how to do that too. You, you have to go with the flow, but be prepared with um, sort of that your ideal stuff. And, and I always keep like a book like on my Kindle or something on my um, something inspirational on Audible. If I don't have that time in the morning to sit and reflect, I'll have that time waiting to pick up our daughter at school or, you know, going grocery shopping. So you just you, you fit it in where you can, but you just try to keep fitting it in, I guess. Exactly. Well said. You get this question a lot. I know when, when you run a poll, you've mentioned you get this question. It's hard for a lot of women to get family friends on board. You know, if they want to try to change their lifestyle, it's hard because you have to, it's hard to change yours when everybody else is eating pizza. And so how do you get your family and friends on board for healthy eating, lifestyle, and, and the self-care? How does uh, Honestly, that... I want to turn that question on you. Like, how, how did I get you on board? How did I get the kids on board? Well, I'm a lousy cook. And you're a really good cook, so <laughs> I don't think I had an option. No, I think I think um, you. Yeah, it, it took you some time to to get us on board. Uh, you know, I, I love to eat. I love, but you. I think you had uh, the gift and w- with your meal plans of knowing how to make healthy food taste good. I think that's definitely a gift, and that's what well, you shared with your meal plans. The other thing that was important is um, when. As I mentioned, like our our boys were really small when I was kind of going through this like initial phase of the journey um, and changing up what we ate. And and I remember really bringing them along like with education (laughs) and trying to teach them like why we, you know, I remember guacamole for some reason um, when my my oldest son was in third, third or fourth grade. Um, we, we, he did like a little project in February. Um, it was like kind of like a science project and, um, we ended up doing like a heart healthy avocado, like guacamole. And I went in and taught the kids in his class how to make guacamole with like five ingredients. And, um, you know, his friends still talk about that to the day, this day. And I actually brought in roasted cauliflower too, to everyone, like these kids. And, and I had mothers, um, you know, reaching out to me like, what is your recipe? My kid never ate a vegetable before. They're <laughs> raving about your cauliflower. But I think it's just realizing that kids, um, you know, a lot of times they'll, they'll kind of meet you where you're at, you, you know, that, that they have a capacity to, to change more than we do. And, you know, they don't be afraid to talk to them about the health benefits and, and what, um, you know, bad food is, or, or not bad. I don't like to label good or bad, but food that's not like optimal. And is there, is there athletes you've yeah. taught them it's important to eat, eat right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And honestly, I feel like it's the, the bit, one of the biggest gifts that we could give our kids is to teach them how to cook healthy food from scratch. And now we have a um, college freshman who's, um, you know, on campus before this, like it's, we're recording this in January and campus hasn't opened up or the cafeterias haven't opened up, but he's there for basketball in a dorm room with a kitchen down the hall. And he's like preparing 
food for himself, um, which is really, which is really great. And yeah, was, I think it was easier to convert the kids than it was me. So. Yeah, that that's true. And I have to have to mention that presentation he did. Was it third grade or something? So he was all on board about healthy eating and teaching his friends at school about it. And it his presentation was called The Sad Truth About a Happy Meal. So <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget that. I so. don't know. Yeah, and I think it just talking to your friends. And, and when it came to my friends, um, I remember when the, the kids were little uh, in our neighborhood, there, there was probably a, like, you know, a dozen moms were all about the, the, the same you know, school-age kids, young kids. And we had a bunko group, and it was kind of the running joke that by you know 8:30 it would start at 7 but by 8:30 i would be this is when i was really suffering i'd be exhausted and i would be kind of flaky you know i was having brain fog but that's cuz i was eating all the sugar and carbs and you know drinking wine you know like wine and stuff that just was really aggravating my pcos um and when i started realizing that i couldn't um eat the gluten and i couldn't drink you know the wine um that that it really affected my blood sugar uh you know they realized that that you know when I started talking to them about PCOS and what that meant for me and what the lifestyle changes meant but then they saw me change you know they they saw that you know I could actually stay up till 10 o'clock now and I could engage and I wasn't like flaky anymore um, and they saw the difference. And I, I actually feel like I have inspired a lot of my friends and, and um, you know, women around me to, to, you know, look at their choices, too, and what they're eating and how they're living. And so it's it hasn't it, and I've been fortunate. My friends have been very supportive, but um I think it's important to talk about it and not stay stay silent or feel like it's something that you need to keep secret. That's good advice. You may have already talked about this one. Uh, how do you balance kids' company and managing PCOS? I don't know. I mean, it's not easy. I'll, I'll tell you that. And you have to really think of like what your priorities are. But my priority always has to be myself, <laughs> because if my cup isn't full, and then I can't. I can't serve my family and I certainly can't serve women with PCOS. Um, and, you know, I, I truly believe it's so important to walk the walk. You know, I can't, um, you know, write about my ideal day uh, in my book and not at least try for it every day. It's not going to be perfect, but it's, you know, I'm going to it's it, there there's something about integrity and that's so important to me and i want to make sure that i'm walking the walk so i think it all begins with me and my self-care and um and then you know my family my kids and pcos diva sort of in that order uh and that's what that's what helps me to to keep everything balanced let's be honest you you could be doing other things you could probably make more money elsewhere but you're dedicated to pcos diva what why is that what what makes you constantly driven i guess we've covered that before yeah i mean it's just it's just like this innate god-given you know drive i guess to just continue moving forward with um and you know i this and i'm excited because i have a brand new program coming out in conjunction with um you know a wonderful naturopath that um that I had the privilege of meeting 
and we're going to be doing something together on digestion and a new mini course is coming out on um, this this winter about um, helping improve your digestion. So that's that's like my next the next big initiative. And I have other mini courses, you know, planned, um, you know, to help women with PCOS. So, you know, I keep moving forward. There's lots to do, lots more work to do. That brings us to last question. So what really inspired the PCOS Diva PCOS Challenge Confidence Grant? Okay. Well, first of all, for those that don't know about the, the PCOS Diva PCOS Challenge Confidence Grant, um, PCOS Challenge is a wonderful nonprofit organization for um, advocacy for PCOS. And I've, I've already mentioned them in, in the podcast today in regards to Advocacy Day on um, Capitol Hill and Sasha Adi. I mentioned her as well, and she's the founder of PCOS Challenge. Well, she and I sort of came together with this idea of funding a grant for women with PCOS who struggle with hair um, excess hair, hirsutism, or acne, who cannot afford treatment. And I have endowed this grant um, with you know, a portion of the proceeds from PCOS Diva supplement sales uh, for the last, gosh, I think this is the fourth year of the confidence grant. So we give out a series of $500 grants in the spring and the fall and you have to apply for those through PCOS challenge and they have an independent sort of group like committee that that selects the recipients I'm I'm not involved in that um but I think the inspiration for that was that when after I came off the birth control pill so you know the birth control pill for me really suppressed androgens um and it helped with hair loss and the hirsutism so when I came off of that my um, my androgen levels really spiked, and I ended up with a lot of hair loss and a tremendous amount of, for me, <laughs> um, of of hirsutism, especially like um, um, under my chin. And I could not afford laser hair removal, which I desperately needed at that time. And my sister was just kind enough to loan me the money so that I could go get that. And I'll tell you that that having that um that laser hair removal, I mean it was expensive, but it changed my life. I mean, I was so self-conscious about it. I was up, you know, at the crack of dawn plucking so nobody nobody knew that I had this. It felt very shameful for me. Um and it was just was disrupting my life and it was like I had all of this um, mental energy to put towards more positive things that I couldn't because I was so focused on this facial hair. So that was just such a huge step forward for me to to remove to to have that done. That I wanted to share that with other women, and you know, and now I'm able to do that through the PCOS Confidence Grant. So I encourage anyone listening that kind of feels the same way that I was, that same place that I was in that can't afford, I know it's like $500 and up for, for a series of treatments, to, to please apply for the, the confidence grants. Um, and, and, you know, I'd love to get you the, the help that you need. That's awesome. 
Well, that's all the questions I had, but uh, you're always giving great uh, messages of, of hope and gratitude. So why don't you maybe close oh, out with a positive, I don't know, I'm putting you on the spot here on a yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. positive I mean, I, message for women. I mean, you've done so many positive things. I know you get so many positive messages, but you know, if there's other message you'd like to leave this podcast with. Well, first off, I just want to thank you for everybody listening and, and supporting my work over the last, um, you know, 10 years. It's just, I'm, I'm very grateful to be able to, to do what I love to do. And I think, um, you know, I just, I, I, I really encourage women to, um, move, uh, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of like, I, I think so many of us are, overcome by fear in life, fear of, you know, different, different things. And I've had to learn to, to feel the fear and move forward anyway. And, um, you know, that book that I just mentioned earlier, the hundred days of brave, it's, it's a great resource. If you are, have a lot of fear-based thinking to move beyond fear and do it anyway, I don't think that I could do what I do. Um, you know, writing a book, um, interviewing all of these esteemed experts that can be really intimidating sometimes. Um, if I could not feel the fear and do it anyway, um, you know, starting a blog and, and growing it um, to where, where it is today, um, if I couldn't move through the fear and, and keep moving forward. And so I think that's the message that I want to encourage you um, is that, you know, that's part of life experience, life's experience to feel fear. Um, but don't let it paralyze you. Uh, you know, just keep moving, you know, one small step at a time forward. And, and obviously I, I, I always mention that there's so much hope for women with PCOS and that you can feel better, but that might mean, you know, advocating for yourself at the doctor's office and asking for a test demanding a test that they don't do or, you know, trying, um, you know, talking to your family about uh, how you need more time for you. And, you know, all of those conversations can be sort of fearful, um, but you need to feel it and move forward anyway. That was, that was good stuff. This was, this was fun. Well, thank you, Cliff. I, I appreciate uh, you interviewing me. It was kind of, it was fun. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And um, I look forward to another 100 blog episodes and, I mean, podcast episodes. And I hope that it doesn't take me another six years to do that. Probably not. <laughs> well, thanks again for listening. And I look forward to being with you again very soon. Well, that wraps up our podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us on the PCOS Diva podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you liked this episode, remember to subscribe to PCOS Diva on iTunes or wherever else you may be listening to this show. And if you have a minute, please leave me a quick review on iTunes because I love to hear from you. If you think someone else might benefit from this free podcast, please take a minute to share it with a friend or family member so she can benefit from it too. And don't forget to sign up for my free weekly newsletter. Just enter your email at PCOSDiva.com to get instant access and make sure you never miss a future podcast. 
This is Amy Medling wishing you good health. Bye-bye.